lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. A new epidemic is raging through Springfield. And this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. Okay, so... While you're away, Curtis, I picked up a few stories, and some of some of these uh, you'll you'll like. This one has been getting a lot of traction uh, over the last couple of days, and that's the poor Mona, Mona Lisa, right? Famous Ooh. painting in the Louvre. Uh, if you've ever seen it, I've never gone to myself, but I heard it's very small. Have you seen it? Have it looks. Heard? I've never seen it. I've never seen it in person. It does look small in in the pictures that I'm seeing from this uh, news story here. Okay, here we go. Headline is: Man arrested after Mona Lisa smeared with cake. Man, 36, placed in psychiatric care after painting this case covered in cake in apparent climate protest. Mm-hmm. So that's there's the even though the headlines, you know, well, so what, guys. Someone tried to vandalize the Mona Lisa, but the Mona Lisa's um, behind a whole bunch of plastic. Like, what's the big deal? There's a lot wrapped around this story. So first <laughs> off, this guy dressed up as an old lady in a wheelchair. Now, I think I guess the plan is in the wheelchair, you can go to the front of the line or maybe they get preferential treatment. I don't know. But once he got there, the man dressed as an old lady jumps out of the wheelchair and then first attempted to smash the bulletproof glass, then proceeded to smear cake on the glass and throws roses everywhere, all before being tackled by security, shouting, there are people who are destroying the earth. All artists, think about the earth. Well, <laughs> I, I, I so did... smearing cake on Mona Lisa is not the story. It's like, what? You dressed up as an old man? Yeah, brought it a cake. Yeah, where was where was the cake being hidden? That's interesting. I don't know. (laughs) That's that's that that's why that's the part of the story I want to know. Like, how does he sneak a cake? Yeah, that is impressive, right there. It's a very weird target for a climate change protest to me. The Mona Lisa, like, I don't, I don't, I think, I think he tried to justify it somehow. Maybe, maybe Da Vinci's devices were all carbon heavy. Oh, it could be, could be. That's <laughs> a good know. point. Never thought of that. The da Vinci responsible for for the depletion of the ozone layer well before, well before Stelco and DeFasco. That's a yeah. Hamilton shout out, by the way. Oh yes, yeah. And you don't you don't see you don't see them smearing cake at DeFasco. No, no. So here's here's a question for you, Curtis. And I I know. We like to comment on things that we're not experts at. So this is the area of law. You know how when you go buy a cake, like you go to Loblaws or you go to anywhere that buys like, you know, a cake for a birthday or, or whatever. So if the baker asks the old lady or man, however he was dressed picking up the cake, oh, what are you celebrating with this cake? Which is a very common question that you get asked at the bakery, right? You know, oh, is it a birthday, anniversary? Like, what's the occasion? So if the guy actually answered, I'm going to throw this at the Mona Lisa, and the baker does not do anything, is the baker now an accessory to the crime? Hmm, that's an excellent question. I don't think so, though. Because I think you, I think there's 
I think you could make a reasonable case that the ba- that the baker wouldn't believe that the per- that the that the purchaser was actually going to do it. Hmm. Okay. Better. better probably uh, you would be thinking like, "What? What an ass! All I asked was what it's for," <laughs> and he gives me this like really stupid, this really stupid line about smearing it on the Mona Lisa. It's like, if you don't want, you know, if you don't want me to put anything on the cake, just say so. And yeah. then you know. Well, there's our there's our law lesson. We might have to email Marie Hennen and ask her her opinion if she'll answer our emails. Probably oh, not. she definitely will. <laughs> Okay, so the next headline, you know, more, more, more pranksters, pranksters and vandals. Uh, the headline is Prankster Crashes NRA Conference and Thanks Leader Wayne Lapierre for his years of thoughts and prayers. Now, folks, you have to go find this article. Like it's all over the internet, and you have to watch the video because the video is so good. This guy. I'll let you explain, Curtis, because I think you enjoyed it way more than I did. But. Well, it was really fun. It was funny because um, I guess this is what an NRA panel. I, I, also, I noted it fairly sparsely attended. Um. Yeah, especially for the for the for the head honcho of the NRA being there. Yeah, it, it wasn't like it wasn't like George Takei at a at a Star Trek convention. No, no, because that's <laughs> nuts. I can tell you firsthand when George Takei is there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so I guess they were just, it was just like a, a panel, there was a panel, Wayne Lapierre was on the panel and it was an open floor and you could ask questions. So they, so this guy gets up there and he says, he starts saying like, I'm sick of the left wing media. Um, and, and even some in this room, you know, blaming Wayne Lapierre for these 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 mass shootings and then they goes they said it after and then he go he proceeds to name like 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 seven or eight i think it was like more recent recent <laughs> shootings they said it yeah maybe more yeah, he said they said it after the orlando paul shooting they said it after sandy hook they said it after Las Vegas, and, and he's going on like this. this is going on, and, and like, <laughs> and that's when you know, hey, wait a sec, smart people are getting the joke now. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah, like, like that's the really the triggering point, at least for me, because I thought, where's he going with this? Like, he's praising him, and then he starts naming them, and then the naming of the of the shootings gets ridiculously long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he names he names, I guess, all the major ones in within the last what like three years or four years like it's a long list yeah and then uh and then he's like then he's then he says but wayne lapierre he has done something he's offered his thoughts and he's offered his prayers and you look at the faces of the people who are in the audience none of them are angry all of them look kind of like neutral at best like they're i I don't i think they're just trying to figure out what's going on they're like i don't think he's insulting Wayne Lapierre, but maybe he is. I don't really, but, uh, and the, the, the look on Wayne Lapierre's face is also priceless throughout the whole thing. He just oh, yeah. like, completely flabbergasted. So this guy gets, and this guy gets up there and he does this whole, this whole sort of fake, uh, Wayne Lapierre, you know, um, defense 
when really he's just eviscerating the the NRA, and oh, then yeah. he gets applause. He, he gets us not a standing O, but it's a yeah. loud enough applause that yeah. that's, it's not like one or two people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, totally. No one got the joke. No one got the joke. No, right? but it just it, it just shows that there's that there's a lack of critical thinking going on. Oh, it's the the best part. My favorite part is when he goes, maybe. He, he had a solution for the mass shootings, right? Maybe yeah. there wouldn't be as many mass shootings if we thought some more yeah. and prayed yeah. and prayed and <laughs> think and thought and thought more about this. And Yeah. He might have actually said thought about praying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really, it was, it was really well done. Man. I quite enjoyed that. And, and to get up and go to a mic and say that, and he didn't even crack he yeah. was serious. He was like, he delivered it like a pro. I swear, I don't know how that man sits with balls that big. No, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally recommend it if you can find it, uh, the video. And it's it's pretty widely available. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's been going around. All right. So the next headline, it's some of our celebrity news. Always got to do some funny celebrity news. Kanye West, which I believe he's called Yay now, right? Yay, is that his new name? Is it? Yeah. I think it so. But sounds like something you'd the, do. The, the artist formerly known as Kanye West. Kanye West's fourth attorney steps down from Kim Kardashian divorce case. That's really just the headline. Unlike the Mona Lisa one, there's nothing to unpack here because basically the lawyers said there had been uh, some irre- irre- irreconcilable breakdown in the attorney-client relationship. So basically saying he's a dick. So... How long how long have these divorce proceedings been going on? Oh, I have no idea, man. I think like didn't he didn't he do something that caused everyone to think that he he was not really thinking too straight and I thought it was like almost the beginning of pandemic. Well, and and Kim's moved on, right? Like isn't Kim going out with that guy from Saturday Night Live? Pete Davidson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was like when Kanye was 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 trying to run for president that people were like I don't know about this guy anymore. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly when. <laughs> so it's been since since like 2020, probably. These yeah. so four four lawyers. That's, four. That's Trumpian to go through four. that many lawyers. And and and, and you got to think this is Kanye, unless he's cheaping out and like dialing the divorce lawyers you see on the back of buses. I, yeah. I wouldn't think like these are these are like top-end lawyers that I would think he'd be calling, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Any case, uh, let's leave that one because we have another funny story, uh, somewhat Trumpian, because this is, he, he's a very big uh, supporter of Mr. Trump. Tucker Carlson, which, we, you know, we I think he's too much of an easy target for us to talk about, but, you know, we'll bring him up in a, in a headline. Tucker Carlson invites the wrath of the BTS army after insulting BTS at a White House visit. Yeah, I guess he was. Uh, what was a BTS? BTS was at the White White House, and they were talking about the rise in uh, anti Asian hate crimes in the U.S. Yeah, because uh, is it May? May is now Asian Heritage Month, kind of internationally. I guess that's so. They were just kind of there doing a little tour. You know, t- kind of do some goodwill and whatever. And of course, Tucker Carlson thinks there's always a conspiracy. 
Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. He said something snide about, you know, I guess, like the fact that they're Korean and they're talking about things that are going on in America, you know, like like no one else is allowed to have an opinion. Um, and uh, and then and then like I've seen I've seen the BTS army take down so many hashtags <laughs> like they're they're passionate and they're organized and if you get on their bad side you know they and then and then of course you 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 brought up which i completely forgot about the trump the trump rally yes. um so the trump rally you had to register tickets for it because i think they were still trying to do social distancing and, and controlling the numbers the bts army like almost bought out all the tickets and of course did not plan to show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving all those giant gaps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In, it, was in, a, in, it was, it was a, it was a uh, PR disaster for, uh, for, oh, God, for, yeah. for Trump. Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah, these guys, these guys are not to be taken lightly. I, I don't think so. Cause I, I was actually thinking, Hmm, do I even bother asking Curtis kiss army versus BTS army? Who would win? <laughs> like I think, I think the BTS army just from sheer numbers. I think, I think everyone in the Kiss army is probably long gone and dead, or really old and geriatric at this point in time. Well, the Kiss Kiss army too. Like, like the BTS army is way more tech savvy. You know, they've they've got they've got way more social media game. Ah, touche. Kiss army. You know, if they're still around, they're all just getting stoned and like driving their IROC Z to the to, to like the Circle K parking lot and like looking under the hoods of each other's cars and listening to the radio. Yeah. If you want to score, meet me behind the Seven Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll be by the Camaro. Be cool, man. Yeah. Hey, man, this skunky. <laughs> all right, so that's the headlines. Two more things we want to touch upon. You finally saw Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. Yeah, yeah. Took, took, took us a month, but we saw okay. it. Yeah. So let's just say spoilers from here because we try to keep it tight because we want to also talk about, about the Obi-Wan series. Curtis, what did you think of Doctor Strange? I thought it was awesome, man. I thought it was such a hoot. Like I I I thought it was so entertaining. And it was got it got kind of like middling reviews compared to compared to some other marvel movies and i didn't get it like i thought that it was it had like sam raimi's signature all over it that- uh, that's the thing yeah because you 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 were going into it knowing that sam raimi was gonna direct and i think he probably did some has a bit of a writing credit to it you know what it's gonna be like yeah like, bruce campbell's in the movie <laughs> yeah yeah like Sam Raimi, of course, did the did the Tobey Maguire Spider Man's, and he it just really felt like he, Sony was reining him in mm-hmm. compared to like what he was allowed to do in this movie, which is you know. Marvel has been so far pretty good about. Yeah, I like your vision. Just go. Mm-hmm. I love the with the Bruce Campbell cameo, the yeah. kind of inside joke because um, Doctor Strange curses one of his hands, yeah. And if, makes him slap himself for like three weeks. I think that's what the curse was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I thought I, I I loved it. I thought it was really good. 
So one thing that they did really well, they kept it really tight, secret. I didn't know. I was shocked. The bad guy. I was too. I did. The, the, yeah, the trailer was so masterful at shrouding who the uh, who the main villain is. The main villain being Wanda Maximoff, the yeah. Scarlet Witch, an Avenger. An ally. Well, I guess a sort of ally. They didn't really interact, but you, you thought, oh, Wanda will be fighting. Obviously, that's what their intention was. Like, make the make the impression that she's going to be fighting alongside Stephen Strange at some thing that comes through the multiverse. But no, her intention was basically the continuing fall of um, Westview, right? Did I say that right? Yeah, Westview. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess like at the end of the Wanda WandaVision TV show, you know, she's trying to find her her kids who she created magically, um, and uh, she's reading this book, and then she hears her kids like mm-hmm. calling for her. the book. Uh, what was it called? The, uh, the the Darkhold. The Darkhold. The book is called the Darkhold, which is sort of like a. I guess an evil an evil tome that can uh, corrupt its wielder or its reader, and it did yep. so in this case. And so, like in her mind, she doesn't think she's doing anything wrong, right? Like she's like, "I'm gonna get my kids," and you know, uh, if you stand in my way, then you're gonna pay the consequences. If you get out of my way, we don't have a problem. But she doesn't realize, you know, the extent of what she's doing. And, you know, that ergo, there's no way that Doctor Strange and, you know, the Camartage uh, magician, you know, uh, magic wielders and all that can can allow her to do what she wants to do. Yeah. And uh, her (laughs) she becomes quite scary. Oh, God. It's it's like it's like. Wanda zombie at certain times she's like a different villain you're right at first she's like the kind of the 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 the, the doctor evil kind of methodical thinking and it she she starts regressing to almost like this uh zombie like creature this non you know can't seem to stop her no matter what we do and she keeps marching forward <laughs> Um, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was also a great way of also introducing another omnipotent character, which they have to be very careful about. But I think they managed to do it well because they did a very young version of America, right? America Chavez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's much younger in this than she is in the... So in therefore, the oh, I don't know how to use my powers, but this yeah. is another extremely powerful character in the Marvel yeah. Universe who can traverse the multiverse at will. Yes, and, and doesn't she, and doesn't exist. There's not multiple copies of her. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's just one, and she can sort of yeah, she can walk between uh, multiverses. Although you know, it's it seems to only originally her powers only manifest when she's frightened, and uh, one of the first th- things they show is her with her mother's, and then she sees like a a wasp. And she gets frightened and opens up a portal and sucks her mother's up into the portal. And I was just thinking, like, if my nephew Drew had that power, because 
<laughs> terrified of <laughs> everything. <laughs> well, mostly of wasps and bees. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like he would just be opening up portals all over the <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. There'd be and all I, kinds of incursions. I, like I don't know too much about the character, but I, I kind of know the costume that the kind of the older American Chavez wears. And just the, the kids' version, like it's it still has kind of the American print. Mm-hmm. on her jean jacket like i thought that was kind of very creative like her her costume again i don't it's such a new character i just know that she's crazy powerful right yeah she's pretty powerful yeah then uh, we should talk uh, briefly about the one multiverse that steven finds himself because the whole movie is basically him and america kind of traversing the multiverse and they find themselves on this one universe where rachel mcadams kind of becomes part of the cast because she's kind of in the beginning you kind of see steven's mistakes with her and obviously she didn't get affected by the blip right and uh we meet the illuminati yes um so yeah the illuminati is a is a is a is a marvel comics thing and it's like the, the the most powerful or intellectual sort of members of uh the superhero pantheon you know, sort of uh, banding together. So I think the one in the 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 one in the sort of like core uh, universe, the core rea- Marvel reality, I guess, is uh, I think it's like Tony Stark and Reed Richards and Doctor Strange. I think is in it. Professor X, like all these kind of mm-hmm. these kind of guys. So yeah. so this one had. Uh, so this is this is the MCU debut of some of the of of, of uh, the the Fox characters. So you had Mister Fantastic and Professor X, uh, played by uh, John. I can never pronounce his last name. The Krasinski, yeah, from the Office. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, fine. Know, I don't know if that's how you say it, but I think it's yeah. yeah. And uh, and Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. What I love about Patrick Stewart is he plays a very specific Professor Xavier. He plays the '90s cartoon Professor Xavier. Did you notice that? <laughs> well, they like, even did the theme for him. Like when he showed up, they did that. And, yeah, <laughs> because it's that wheelchair, right? Yeah, it's the it's it's the floating yeah the Dalek. yellow yeah yeah. <laughs> so I, I I thought okay that's a cool nod. Yeah. Like it's not it's not the Fox one that we've seen before. It's 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 yeah. this cartoony one. Yeah. Uh, Black Bolt, which I never really had care for, but sure. Yeah, he's powerful. I wonder, what was it? Was it the same actor that played him in uh, Inhumans TV show? Uh, I, I didn't check. I believe yeah, Anson Mount, who also plays um, um, Captain Pike on the uh, on 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 the on the new Star Trek okay. uh, shows. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was him also in the Inhumans, the short-lived Inhumans TV show. So it, it wasn't Monica Rambeau playing Captain Marvel, but it was uh, Monica's mother. Uh, yes, yes. That 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 wields the mantle of Captain Marvel. Yes, in in that world, and um, of course, fan favorite. I think they're just dying to see this in live action since her debut in What If, which is. Uh, Captain Carter. Captain Carter, Haley Atwell rep- reprising her role as Peggy Carter, but this time with the Super Soldier serum as the yep. as the uh, the first Avenger. 
with the with the shield with the Union Jack. It was pretty cool. And and the and the like the sixties like jetpack that she was wearing. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think she ever used. Uh during the fight, I think she she or did was she at one using point? it. I think I think very 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 subtly. Right. So that was, that was pretty that was pretty cool. Like, um, especially when you know we only saw the the cartoon version of that character pop out not too long ago, and it was a big fan favorite, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I, um, yeah. I, I definitely a, a memorable character for me from that cartoon. Oh, I, I think she also in in the theater that I saw, she got the biggest pop. Yeah. Yeah. She like. Got- yeah, my, my my theater was just me and my wife, pretty much. Oh, so, but, <laughs> but but when, but when they did the reveal, you had to admit, I think I think she she got the biggest pop. Yeah. Like seeing seeing Reed Richards is like, oh, that's cool. He's playing him. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, when when you see her, does he does she throw the shield down to stop yeah. Stephen from running or something like that? She does throw the shield. Yeah, that's how yeah. how she's introduced. But um, their combined powers. Um, were no match for <laughs> no match <laughs> for Scarlet Witch, who 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 systematically and quite brutally takes them down. That was when it was like one. the Sam Raimi horror movie. Like when you're in that universe, yeah. Like Wanda's hair gets really long and strange, like almost like a Japanese. Um, you, you're you're reminding me of the the horror movie. What was it called? The again? Ring. The Ring. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's the girl from the Ring. Her clothes are constantly wet. Her hair seems all constantly wet and she's just stringy. Yeah. And she's just kind of like walking ever so slowly. Yeah. And they just can't stop her. <laughs> yeah, and 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 uh and and really Sam Raimi-esque sort of oh. deaths. Like the Black Bolt yeah. death. The Black Bolt death was just, oh, like I yeah. it took me back because I was just like, oh, I can't believe I just saw this in a Marvel movie where yeah. You actually, you, you kind of see it from a weird angle, his head exploding, right? Yeah, I mean, they do it. Yeah, so that, that's how they marvel fire, it, I guess. Like, it's still kind of gruesome, but, like, not not as uh, visceral, I guess. But Black, yeah. Bolt, Black Bolt, if you don't know Black Bolt, because he's not, I wouldn't say he's an A-list character. He's the king of the Inhumans, and uh, one of his powers is that his voice is... Uh, very destructive so um you know even with a whisper he can you know he kills a version of stephen strange they show it uh with a with a whisper so he's you know he he gets up and he's looking a little bit cocky and they're like well you're not gonna get to say to wanda you know you're not gonna get very far because this guy can kill you with a whisper and then she's like how is he gonna whisper with no mouth and then then it goes back to he's got no mouth and it's really creepy. And then probably out of surprise, he like gasps and then blows his brains out. I was like, wow, that is awesome. That's a very Sam Raimi thing to do. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you actually see it because uh, or, or you just or is it just implied like she somehow deflects the Captain Carter shield and it like splits her in half. Yes, that's right. Yeah, splits yeah. her in half. Yeah, so you don't you don't see the blood and guts of these things, but you but but he shows enough that you know what's you happened get to them, and it's pretty and it's pretty brutal. Well, I think part of it is that he they can't get pat they they can't get that bad rating like yeah. in terms of like attendance because even you notice it right away. Like even though he wanted to put blood all over, because at one point in time. 
uh, Wanda looks like Carrie at the end of Carrie. That's right. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, but the, the stains on her are black, right? Cause that's the thing with Hollywood where if you don't, if you don't make it look like blood, you don't get a different rating. So yeah. she has this like black goo on her, which we all know. So, yeah, no, it was great. I, I, I really liked it. Um, enjoyed the heck out of it again marvel taking chances going out and doing just weird stuff <laughs> it's just you know it's not the same oh, okay something fight big fight big bad you know so yeah uh, but definitely it's, it's unfortunate because of the pandemic for many reasons but if this movie came out in a matter of like months after wandavision oh boy like that that would have been mind-blowing right yeah yeah so. Yeah, yeah, just because WandaVision um would have been fresh, you know, in the viewer's mind, and then and then you would have seen like the continued descent. That's um, right. Yeah. But uh yeah, yeah, it was uh we, we did have to wait a little bit, but yeah, it was good. I even I even really liked the 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 end, like the lat uh the last sort of shot before the credits. Um He's just walking down the road and all of a sudden the music gets really gets really weird and then like the eye pops up in the middle of his head. <laughs> that's how it ends. I was like, that's great. No, he goes, you know, Doctor Stephen Strange, come with me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. Know, off to another venture and the introduction of Charlize Theron into the MCU. Yeah. She gets her paycheck. Yeah. You and I were saying it's now the thing, right? It used to be, oh, I'm I know I've made it in entertainment when the Simpsons makes me a Simpsons character. Now it's like when Marvel hires me to be, play a role in, in, in the, in the MCU. Yeah. I mean, it's getting to the point where it's tough to find, you know, somebody like it, like somebody on the A list who hasn't dabbled in, uh, in the, or in superhero movies at least, but even more specifically in the M- MCU. Mm-hmm. okay well we both liked it move on in about uh what about a month's time we got love and thunder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's looking pretty interesting too so, yeah and we'll and have the, the ms marvel tv show i think coming oh, up God, it's, it's so much it's so much geek tv coming out <laughs> ms marvel love and thunder you then have she hulk coming out and then uh, the Cassian Andor show is actually going to be airing in September. Right on, right on. <laughs> but right now, probably one of the more anticipated ones. I, I personally didn't want this story to be told. I didn't think it was needed, but uh, Obi-Wan. Last week premiered two episodes, so we're just going to give a brief preamble of first thoughts, but we'll do a kind of like what we did with Moon Knight in the last few shows, we'll do when the series ends a a full recap on our, our thoughts on the entire show as a totality. But uh, first two episodes. Interesting. I, 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 my thoughts here is Deborah Chow really wanted to put her first star Wars or Obi-Wan back onto the hero's journey formula. Like it was very clear to me that she wanted to say what made a new hope, fantastic and it was just telling that classic hero's journey and this you know we never got really a hero's journey from obi-wan at all right 
No, I even. mean he was uh, he was kind of at the twilight of his of his journey was coming to an end in a new hope, right? Yeah. So, so for those that don't know this this whole concept is a concept that was um, developed by Joseph Campbell, right? So we have our hero who's sitting in his comfortable spot, you know, like Bilbo, like Luke, and there's a sudden call to adventure. Right to go do something, and this is exactly what happened. Obi Wan, you see Obi Wan's existence, and there's what they, they show you what two or three days of his mundane existence, working as this butcher, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting paid very little in very unsanitary conditions. Unsanitary conditions. He he's looking after Luke, but he's trying to stay away. He he's just not living a great life, and he's like living in this cave. Um, yeah yeah and uh the first thing that happens right another jedi appears the inquisitors are after him they had no idea kenobi's on tatooine but kenobi basically says no i'm not helping you go get lost don't you know hide basically told him to take his lightsaber and bury it in the desert yeah the next scene the jedi is strung up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and put on display and um Kenobi feels even more guilty about his inactions. And uh, then there's this whole Leia thing, which I thought was weird. And then it finally get pieces together. So that's the kind of the, the, the impetus to kind of have him join the adventure. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she gets kidnapped by flea, uh, flea of the red hot chili peppers and his, and his gang. Yeah. Um, because um, because the there, there's that group, the Inquisitors, who are hunting Jedi, and one of the Inquisitors is obsessed with finding Obi Wan Kenobi and wants to draw him out, and knows that Obi Wan Kenobi knows Bail Organa, so they don't they have no idea they have no idea about Leia's lineage. Mm-hmm. They just know they just think of her as a tool to, to draw out Obi Wan Kenobi, which does work. Um, but, uh, the, about the Leia thing, I wanted to ask you, Larry, because like, we've talked a lot about Star Wars kind of like not being able to get out of its own way. So now we have, and maybe, maybe there's an explanation for it, but now we have a precedent where Leia and Obi-Wan Kenobi have crossed paths before, but when she's leaving the message in R2-D2 for Obi-Wan Kenobi, not just the help me Obi-Wan Kenobi or my only hope, but the fir- the longer message with the preamble at the beginning, it makes yeah. it sound like she's They've never, never met, met him. Yeah. That's right. They've got to be very careful because it's all retro continuity. So for them to do this, they have to figure out an exit. So don't did know he, what that is. Did he not reveal his name to her? Like, did he just call himself Ben? Is that he part d- of Yeah, it? he just, he refers to him as Ben. So all she knows is Ben, Jedi, not sure if I trust you mm. until he's forced to use the force. Right. To save her. So he doesn't, so she doesn't know that he's, cause that's going to be the way out of it. I guess like if it's just a Jedi and not necessarily Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, we'll see. Um, some things I liked the fact that, uh, Kenobi actually did bury his lightsaber. Yeah, he did. So in in Joseph Campbell's diagram, there is a 
supernatural aid. So I assume that's that part. Like it's it's so to a T, right? She wanted put it, so he digs up his lightsaber, and Anakin's lightsaber is with it, um, which is fine, yeah. whatever. So he just joins the joins the fight. So he leaves his comfort of Tatooine. So I assume the rest of the show will not be on Tatooine until the very conclusion, I guess. Right? Could be. Yeah, I think maybe the- maybe that's a smart thing. Yeah, I mean, aren't we all kind of sick of Tatooine anyway? Well, it's you don't a, it's want a, it's many... such a dump. It's such an outer rim dump, and yet always seem to go every, there. Yeah, every everything happens there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's gonna be that. I think it's gonna be a bit of Bilbo adventure. Like he'll get back to the Shire eventually, right? Just like any hero would, goes back to his normal, a changed person. He's also uh, trying to he's also trying to channel Qui-Gon Jinn. That's got to come up at some point as well. And that could also be some supernatural aid because that was the big that was the homework essentially that Yoda left for him when he went to isolation was training on how to contact Qui-Gon Jinn. And we see him try to do it. Um so so that'll be something else that I guess will get resolved or maybe it won't, but like, you know. Yep. So we'll we'll talk more about Obi Wan when it goes over, but so far so good. Yeah. I, um, again, I was I was a little nervous. <laughs> I was, actually, I tell you the truth, I was a I was a heck of a lot of nervous. Um, one thing I did want to talk about so far was ugly internetness coming out for the actress that plays uh, Riva, the second sister Inquisitor, getting a lot of racist direct messages in social media about her character I'm, I'm sure also misogynist because i didn't really think that star wars fans would be like that but hey they exist right and it actually i think it forced the studio's hand or rather the studio is doing the right thing and bringing it to the forefront and saying this is what's happening like don't do it because i think they they didn't do anything with um the character that played rose in uh last jedi right she she got attacked. Yeah, she got, know, she got she got bullied pretty bad in and no one said anything. Like, you know, Ryan Johnson didn't come out and say, but uh Ewan McGregor put out a social media post. You know, he's also executive producer on the show, basically congratulating the show on the most successful opening weekend of any show on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Not a surprise. Mm-hmm. And then he went on this uh rant basically saying if you're the ones that are sending this, you're no Star Wars fan. Like basically yeah. eviscerating the, you know, good for him, right? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't get it, but I guess that's what the internet and trolls and uh, some, some, when you empower this minority group, right? Yeah, you know, like I think uh, there's always, I, there's always this reaction from, a, and and it seems like it's a bigger part of, you know, the it's it seems like it's maybe bigger than it actually is because most people don't go on social media ever, so <laughs> it's so it's so it gets it gets it gets amplified like these guys who go on a troll and 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 uh, send ra- racist messages to to people who are just trying to do their jobs that just gets amplified, and uh, and and and. You see, yeah, you saw it with Kelly Marie Tran. You saw it. You saw like Idris Elba getting it for for playing like uh, a, because he played a Norse god. He played Heimdall in the Thor movies. 
And, you know, these guys are saying, well, you know, this is like an affirmative action move because there's no way a Norse god, you know, Norse god would have to be white and all this kind of stuff, <laughs> which is ridiculous because it's a made up person exactly it's not a real person it's so stupid and, and and plus and plus it's it's the you know in the marvel universe they're space people or people that yeah, are not are, yeah are. they're not real really gods in the marvel universe and i think and i think it's like these i think there's these people who feel really threatened anytime you know there's a there's maybe a reimagining of a character and they and they uh, and they and they imagine it to be you know different, and sometimes they'll go with a different gender, or a different race, or they're introducing a new character, and you know maybe you know it, they're you know like like Black Panther, Shang Chi, they all they all sort of like uh, you know honored the culture of those characters, and that was a big part of those movies. And I think some people get scared by that, right? They're they're sort of like worried that like you know they're gonna get they're gonna get erased or something. But there's yeah, it's so stupid. Like 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 these movies have been white dominated for the and you know the entire the entirety of Hollywood essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, good on ask you know instead of getting like Kathleen Kennedy or even Deborah Chow to come out and do that message, like bring on you and McGregor. Like here's Obi-Wan calling the racist buggers, like just feck off. (laughs) Like basically calling them out and saying, you're no Star Wars fan. Like if you were any of these people, like basically just hitting them. Right. When Obi-Wan tells you you're an idiot. Yeah. Then it's just, it's just like the, it's just, you don't, you, you, you don't get that kind of vitriol a lot of times. Yeah. If you're like, like somebody made the, the comparison, like Hayden Christensen, who's objectively bad in those two star Wars movies that he was in, you know? Yeah. He got like maybe made fun of and stuff like that, but he didn't get the vitriol. Oh no no no! Right, because like, he's a like he's death a white, he's, a, he's a white male, so he doesn't get the vitriol that like so so, so so after Obi Wan came out and the fact that uh, they announced there's going to be a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, I went back and finished the video game, Curtis. I was just like, okay, forget this. I can't let this. Un- I actually wasn't that far off from finishing it. That that's the embarrassing part. Mm-hmm. I think I only had like an hour and a half left in the game, and I finished it. So in that game, and you'll, I don't want to spoil it too much because I know that you're interested in playing it, and please do. Uh, the second sister is also female, uh, obviously, uh, and but she's not black, but she's uh, South Asian. So, like, it's clearly not the video game players, or maybe video game players don't care that much. I don't know why, you know, because in that in that video game, the humanoid people, like you know, there's there's a black woman that helps Cal. Sure, Cal's the redhead guy, but the villain is female as well and non-white. So I thought uh, that was interesting, you know, hearing that and going, hold on, I just played through a game and I had another second sister who was not white or female or male or, or whatever, you know. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand. I will never understand 
No, we we will never understand because we're yeah. rational people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I hope I I don't know. She she did, she had some moments I liked. I I really hope that that uh, you know it's a it's a meaty it, like it's a meaty role. Like you know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I hope so too. Again, it's it, it, even though it's episodic, you kind of look have to look at the totality. Yeah. But but so far, like. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. No, she's good. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm with you. I hope I I hope that they give her a good uh, motivation because I mean, there's the, the potential certainly there, and there's many reasons why, like, you know, a uh, you know, a a a even even like you know, because they show at the beginning like some of the younglings who escaped, and I imagine that the that the Jedi who petitions. Obi-Wan for aid in the first episode is one of those. That's what I, that's what I kind of got out of it. Like he was one of those younglings that escaped the temple. So she could have been like one of those and felt abandoned or like, I think that I, yep, yep. I hope something, I hope it's something good. And I, th- I, I, I trust that it will be. And then there was a, there was a, yeah. Then they go, go and like a couple of the sort of like teenage Jedi's kind of help them. Well, the one girl like was a real badass until she finally gets overpowered. But she took out like a ton of clone troopers, and then but then you can hear like the execute order sixty six in the background, and you see like all the, you know, and then they, uh, you know, she buys them time, and they they all run run away. So I, I and and I mean that's kind of goes into the thing that um, we've I think now have to come to accept from Star Wars is like you're kind of led to believe that the Jedi were dead except for, you know, Obi-Wan, Yoda and, 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 and Anakin's kids. But now I think what they say is the Jedi, Jedi are all but ex, all but extinct. And there's a bunch of them. There's actually a bunch of them who didn't die during order 66. And like the one that has her own show, like the one who has her own show coming up. <laughs> Well, it just goes to show you, honestly, like even watching the Obi-Wan and seeing you McGregor playing the character again, which is great, mm. you know, because he's such he's a great actor, right? Yeah. Mandalorian still blows all of that stuff away because they have so much more freedom because it's just like the video games. I'm not going to put any known characters in it. I'm just going to write my own story and go. Mm-hmm. And that's what what that's what makes that show great, right? And that's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to the Cassian Andor show because, like, he doesn't need to be connected to any of the, any of that legacy stuff. Yeah, they can go in a way different direction. Oh, it's it looks like a spy thriller. I think the only other known character that you'll see is Mom Mothra, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like she basically plays M to his 007. Yeah. Yeah, rounding about with a 007 thing. I know it's like our oh, 007 yeah. episode. Nice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. You can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. On the platforms that you can leave us a rating, please do, and a comment. We will read them on the show if you leave them a comment, uh, and people will help. They'll help us find people find our little show. Um, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Uh, Curtis, any last thoughts? I finally finished Elden Ring. 
Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Did did you do it? Did you do it as fast as uh, Matt Riddle in WWE? No. Did you did you did you pipe in 120 hours at 60? percent <laughs> I've, I've well, yeah. I think I might have piped in uh, piped in 120 hours. I'm actually playing it again though because I missed so much for my first pe- playthrough, and now I'm playing on New Game Plus. Um, so it's pretty cool because you know now I'm now I'm just melting all the bosses that gave me trouble the first time around, right? Because you know I'm coming in at a at a super high level and you know with my weapons all upgraded and stuff. But I imagine that when I get to the you know the the parts that I didn't get to the fir- the first playthrough, they're all kind of late game. I imagine there'll be a lot of deaths. <laughs> there'll be a, bit, a lot of a lot of restarts, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Curtis. We'll see you next week. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. You will hear me I'm living the good life while I'm working from home.